Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Myself, Vernon Kay, and the main man, Mr. Statistics, Mr. Darren <laughs> Fletcher. Uh, Darren, uh, it's Super Bowl weeks. Countdown is on. I can't wait. But firstly, um, you've been a busy, 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 busy man this week. Just quick, we usually talk about your diary at the end of the podcast. But first, last night, as we record this, it was Manchester United's loss against Burnley. They were terrible, Darren. Yeah, they were absolutely dreadful, Vern. There was nobody at Old Trafford by the full-time whistle. The night before that was, was Chelsea against Arsenal. Um, I've put a tweet up today saying day three in the Big Brother house because we've got another one tonight. Um, <laughs> Wolves against Liverpool. It's like Groundhog Day. Um, but it's great It's great to, to get a week like this. I mean, this takes me back to when I used to work on the radio and all of a sudden you'd have a week where you'd got four or five games. In television, as you know, it doesn't work like that. Um, so it's, it's been good this week to get up and down the country. London to Manchester to Wolverhampton tonight. And I'm really looking forward to this Wolves against Liverpool game. I think if anybody can give Liverpool a, a real solid, stern test at the moment in the Premier League, it's, it's Nuno's team. So I'm really looking forward to that. But, yeah. mate, I've got to say, pal, the Titans are no more. I even <laughs> tried on Sunday. I took the dog out for a walk on Sunday morning and I found a Titans woolly bobble hat that I'd pinched off the prize table last year at Wembley. And I thought, <laughs> I'll stick this on. This is all Derek Henry needs. And then, eh, eh, no good. Chiefs too good for them. Run over. You were right last week, my friend. The Chiefs, the Chiefs defense really stepped up. I thought yeah. they must have done a lot of work in, uh, especially in particular in the linebackers' room in the week build up to this game because I thought the way that they read the players from Tannehill, uh, watching Derek Henry in the backfield, they they just literally spied him and shut him down. And we said that. Well, you said one of your wonderful statistics that Ryan Tannehill in this playoff run had only averaged 80 yards per game. And I think it was pretty evident that they kind of, with Derek Henry out of the equation, they kind of backed themselves into a cul-de-sac, and, uh, which was swiftly bricked up and there was no way out. 
Let me give you a number from the weekend. I'm going to try and filter them through because it's not quite as long a podcast this week. So I'm going to drop them in where they're relevant. And we talked a lot about Derek Henry and the impact that he has in the second half of games. And I gave you some statistics, I think it was last week, where he'd got pretty much 1,100 yards in the second half of games this season. That's right. If you look at, it, you look at his last four games, Derek Henry in the second half, week 17 at the Texans, 164 yards. The wild card round at the Patriots, 76 yards. The divisional round at the Ravens, 139 yards. And then the second half, last Sunday, against Kansas City and Arrowhead, Minus one yard. So they were able to do something. Kansas City on the defensive side of the ball last week that everybody struggled with in the last few weeks and pretty much all season. And that was to shut Derrick Henry down in the second half. Well, that's a good thing, Darren, because look at what the 49ers did to Green Bay Packers. Who would have thought Mozart would have had four touchdowns? (laughs) He looked like Eric Dickerson. He had four touchdowns. And I've seen some clips online on Twitter of old retired offensive linemen talking us through the plays in which Mozart scored. And the offensive line for the 49ers is something special. I didn't realise how good it was. But when it's broken down on film and you see the mobility of the guys up front, the big fellas. Let's not forget, these guys are coming in at over 300 pounds. And the way they move, the way they run their... Uh, designed players, it, it, it's phenomenal. And it doesn't surprise me that everyone is talking about the running game and whether Jimmy Garoppolo will have a quiet game in the Super Bowl after that performance against Green Bay. Do you know what was what, 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 I, what I found fascinating as well? And I, you, know, you know me, I spend a lot of my time, I've got too much time on my hands, clearly, listening to um, podcasts from the US. And I love to get their take on things. I think there's some really educated views over there on, on, on and, and lateral thinking with regards to, to what we see. And there was a really good point made on one of them this week, and that is that we shouldn't be surprised by this because if you think back to the Denver Broncos teams when Mike Shanahan was the head coach, it was all about the running game there. Terrell Davis in Denver won a Super Bowl MVP, but it's what they call a zone running scheme, and they block zonally on the offensive line. I don't know enough about this to explain how it works. But they used to have an offensive line coach in Denver called Alex Gibbs, who worked alongside Mike Shanahan for many, many years. And it's the system that's been adopted by his son, Kyle, with the San Francisco 49ers. And it basically means that you can get masses of yards on the ground without the necessity of a superstar running back. Because if you think about it, Terrell Davis wasn't drafted particularly high. They even were able to plug in a player called Mike Anderson. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. And he got about 1,500 yards playing for Denver and then totally disappeared off the radar. So I think that the Shanahans have managed to find this system that works when it comes to running the ball in the NFL. And I think Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breeder, you know, they're not Ezekiel Elliott. They're not Saquon Barkley. But in that 49ers scheme, they're as effective as those running backs. And I think the big problem now in the Super Bowl for Kansas City is, yes, you could slow down Derrick Henry and Tennessee, but how are they going to cope with the running game of the San Francisco 49ers? Because historically, the Shanahans, as a coaching family, have always been brilliant at running the football. So that's going to be a key, I think, in the Super Bowl, which we, of course, will break down properly next week. 
Well, which we, of course, will be going to, Darren. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. You're getting so excited. I love this oh, time of the year. It's like, remember Barry Davis, the famous commentary, and uh, Francis <laughs> Lee scored a goal, and he said, look at his face. Just look at his face. And that's what I'm like with you on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Just look at his face. I know, I know. Yeah, the, it's going to be is, great. The thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that personally... You know, we're fortunate enough that we've been to a handful of Super Bowls, and I'm 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 pleased with myself and the, my uh, my mental state in that I've not become complacent about going no. to the big show. I've not become complacent about oh, I'll just book a flight to the Super Bowl. I've not become complacent about oh yeah, I've just got a couple of tickets to the Super Bowl because we know, and I know that Fumbleites will hear us saying it. It is freaking awesome. It's yeah. absolutely spectacular. It's like watching one of your children in their first ever Christmas pantomime. That's the joy it brings you. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're, you're right. And I tell you what, it's the one week of the year when I when I announce it to Lawrence and Mrs. S that I'm going. It's the one week of the year when I'm prepared to have the argument. You know, sometimes <laughs> you say, you know, you know, sometimes you say, I'm going to do this. And she says, no, you're not. And you think, all right, it's, it's not. This, this is not a battle I'm going to win. And you say, OK, then. With the yeah. Super Bowl, I am digging my heels into the yeah. carpet. And I am going. I'm taking whatever comes. <laughs> I am going. So I've had to work hard for this, as I do every year, yeah. to get past Mrs. F. But I'm going to be there. Hook or by crook, I'm going to be there. Tess is exactly the same. She knows. <laughs> she just knows. You know, oh, Tess, I, I, I've confirmed the Super Bowl. And she just knows now that the, there is no point saying, uh, well, who's going to look after the kids? Or yeah. well, what am I going to do? Or, well, that's not fair. You know, usual stuff. Blokes will completely understand. And, and, and women will completely understand if you go to the Super Bowl and your partner stays at home. The usual chit-chat. But I think it's become ingrained in our family now because our fridge has got a, a, a fridge magnet from every Super Bowl that I've visited. Love it. And, and that's one of the things that I do. I, I like my cup of tea out of a Super Bowl mug. Yes. And I like to open the fridge and look at all the Super Bowls that I've been to. Because as a kid, I think it's important when you're an adult that you look back on your youth and kind of and, and, and think of all of what you wanted as a child. What were your aspirations? What were your dreams? And, and definitely ours were, were to go to a Super Bowl. And I still have those chills Several Super Bowls later, as I did when I walked into uh, Raymond James Stadium for my first one. Was that your first one? Who, who was it? Who was was that? The, was that who was that game then? It, your it your the first one. Steelers uh, Cardinals. Right. Oh, the oh right the the San, the San Antonio Holmes play. Yeah, and, and the and, James Harrison. Yeah, and James Harrison landed literally ten feet from me and my brother when he collapsed in the end zone. He's still knackered, by the way, James Harrison. He's never recovered <laughs> from that. He's still, he's still I, struggling. I think I've missed one since, one or two since. Mine was, mine was in Dallas. It was Green Bay against Pittsburgh, in, and it was, it was, it was freaky weather conditions. I remember going to to do the whole John F. Kennedy tour, and they got the Texas School Book Depository, which was literally just down the road. And we went and did the the tour with the headphones on and all that on the on the Saturday. And I was amazed that Jordy Nelson, who went on to have over 100 yards receiving in the Super Bowl the next day, was actually on the same tour as me on the Saturday. No way! He was. He was, he was. He was in the Texas School Book Depository with his headphones on and a backpack the day before the Super Bowl. It, it, I, might, I might be slightly... If, it's not the, if it wasn't the Saturday, it was a Friday. 
and Jordy Nelson, who wasn't a superstar at the time, by the way. It was Greg Jennings and other people, and Jordy had a bit of a breakout Super Bowl, if you remember. But he was on the same Texas school book John F. Kennedy tour that I was in Dallas leading into the big game. That's hilarious. Well, guess it's a good one. This is a bit of a random one. Am I right in saying that Leicester City was sponsored by Air Asia? Is it Leicester I think City? So. I'm not sure. One, one of them are. I, yeah, I, I, it, it was either Leicester or yeah. Cardiff, I think it I think was. it might be Cardiff. I think Leicester are king power. I think it might well be Cardiff. Yeah, well, the, the, that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, my brother and I sat next to the owner of Air Asia and his okay. representatives. Peace and uh, seats then. <laughs> yeah, they were they were decent. Yeah, well, Darren, come on, come on, come on. love it. Come on, you see, uh, you see, people, people see you, right? This, this is this is this is the beauty of our relationship, and it's why I love you to death. <laughs> people see you, right, as Vernon Kay, entertainer, television superstar, right? That's 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 you, right? I see you as my Super Bowl partner and someone that by the time you land in whatever destination the Super Bowl is, I better have the best Super Bowl coffee mug purchased <laughs> and ready so that you can relax when we get there. You talk about the fridge maggot, but the coffee mug is the big thing for you. If you've not got that year's coffee mug, you're ever so irritable. So I've I got know. to make sure that the coffee mug is there for you. I've got your mug look, Vern, and you just kind of go, ah, just relax. You can, can now enjoy it. I, I'm quite obsessive compulsive, you know. You are. Everything needs to be right. And <laughs> in, in my office, I have every Super Bowl ticket beautifully framed. And that's another thing. When when Darren and I went on our first Super Bowl trip together in Minneapolis, I said to Darren, I said, listen, Darren, I said, when you pick up the ticket, oh. got to make sure you do not bend it. You Please, drove me mad. You drove me it. mad. You drove me <laughs> mad. I, you know what? I was I literally, I, when, when, when Luca and Emily and, and, and Olivia, my three children, were born, I didn't hold them as gently as I held your Super Bowl ticket because I was under so much pressure. So much pressure. It was like, wow. I think if there's a speck of dust on this ticket when he gets it, he'll never speak to me again. I was under so much. And then you, then you bloody lost it. I, I did. A lot. Well, that, that was also Manura's Manura, fault. Yeah, well, as long as it wasn't mine, I was okay. I could yeah, take we, anybody else losing it, but not yeah, me. We, we went disco dancing, didn't we, with we did. uh, Demarcus Ware? Yeah, um, well, you did. Well, you, you <laughs> did, because you were ruined. Yeah. I, hey, you know, listen, I've got to tell you something again. I'm still learning things about Minneapolis by the week, because right, right. I, I literally drank so much I can't remember it. So <laughs> I didn't know, and you put an Instagram post up the other day, that, that we had the the, gla- the, the the plastic glasses in the stadium. Yeah. And I cannot remember them changing colour depending on who scored. I had no idea that happened. You are, so you, are you, you joking? You, I'm not. No, you you said, look, when it, it goes green at the bottom when Philadelphia score and it goes, they go, they go blue or red. What, it what went did blue, yeah. Right, it went blue. I had no idea that happened. You must have told me. I must have been stood with you. Then I might want to film it. We, we cheered each other with those very cups. Did we? <laughs> I cannot remember that. I, I thought, blimey, I, was, was I there? I thought, yeah, I stood next to him. Why do I not know that? I mean, I, this hey, is, it's... I've got some great videos because I was going to post some videos of that trip to Minneapolis. Wow. Most of them I can't post, Darren, because you and I are absolutely <laughs> blasted. I'd got somebody else's eyes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they weren't mine. Yeah. Wow. 
No. Hey, uh, let's get back to the game then. So we've got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. We've got two great offences. Yeah. We've got two defences that have really got to step up to put down the opposing offence. That's and an American one... ringtone. It is. It is. That, that, that's my phone. That uh, was, yeah, that, that, that's good. <clears throat> uh, there's one thing know... that... There's a possibility of happening, Darren, which I think will be a game changer. Looking at yeah. the weather, it looks like there's a possibility of rain. Mm, see, I saw that. Thunderstorms, they say, don't they? Yeah, rain and thunderstorms. Now, remember, I think it was the Bears and the Colts who... It was. Were at the, yeah, the Super Bowl when it chucked it down. And Prince but, was the halftime entertainment. That's right. That's the last one in Miami. Yeah, and it started raining when, believe it or not, he started to sing Purple Rain. If you wow. haven't seen it, Fumbleite, take a look on YouTube. He starts singing and performing Purple Rain, and it absolutely honks it down. It's an amazing Super Bowl performance, one of the best. But, J-Lo and Shakira aside, Darren, do you think the rain will affect the offences, and will the head coaches have to replan what they intend to do to opposing defences? I mean, the obvious thing to say would be that if it's a wet day in a soggy field, the team with the best running game and the best defence would have the best chance to win. And that becomes the San Francisco 49ers. I, I think a wet field negates the speed of Nicole Hardman and Tyreek Hill to a certain extent. It probably means that Travis Kelsey needs a big game. Um, it also makes it more difficult for Patrick Mahomes with the wet ball. Um, but I think we've got to wait and see. I mean, Mahomes has been so good. I mean, I, I look at the way he's playing at the moment and I don't know... I don't know how he's stopping. I think it's going to be a fascinating battle in, in, in Miami, and we'll talk about this next week, between the, the 49ers defence and him. But I think if it is a wet game, that would seriously favour San Francisco. Um, and I'm kind of looking back at the two conference championship games at the weekend. The two things that really stood out for me was just how well Patrick Mahomes is playing at the moment. He really has taken his own performance to another level and proved beyond doubt that even in big pressure situations, um, he can he can still get it done. And the flip side of that, the NFC Championship game was was basically as scripted, wasn't it? We didn't think Green Bay yeah. were as good as 14-2 and two suggested. I think it raises serious questions about how much Aaron Rodgers has got left in the tank. I mean, he just didn't look capable, did he, of turning that game around in any way, shape or form. No. And his road record recently has not been good either. Um, so, so I kind of think that, that they were the two big narratives for me. And just, just a little number here on um, Patrick Mahomes, Vern, which is astonishing, really. Let me find it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has reached the Super Bowl before losing an NFL game by more than seven points. The last time he lost a game by more than seven points was November the 19th, 2016, when he played for his college team at Iowa State. He's never lost a game in the NFL by more than seven points. Oh, my God. It's astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. He's never lost a game in the NFL by more than seven points. No. By no. more than seven points. So, now, I'm going to refer to my four years at the London Warriors. And it got to a point, and I know people will laugh when I say that, because there is obviously no comparison between British American football and Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. However, when you have a great offence, all you need to do is say to the defence, just hold them because we will score 21, 28, 35 points on this team. All you've got to do is hold them 
lower than that score. When you get a guaranteed score from the offence after watching film and you know how many points your offence is going to score, your defence has a certain amount of work to do. And I think Patrick Mahomes says to his team, listen, guys, don't worry about it. We're going to score X amount of points on this field on, against this team. You've got to hold them for less. And he's never lost a game by more than seven points. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I know. It just shows that he never has one of those games where nothing goes right. That he that he's always in it, and and he's the way he's playing at the moment. I, I mean, I, as good as the 49er defense is, I'm not sure there's a defense in the NFL at the moment that can stop Patrick Mahomes. So, I think the emphasis will be on Jimmy Garoppolo and the offensive of San Francisco to go with him um, yeah. as much as anything. I, I tell you what, Vern, as well, there's, there's a, there's a a little bit of a misconception as well that, that San Francisco take the better defence into the Super Bowl. If you look at the respective numbers of the two units since week 11, the 49ers are conceding 23.4 points a game. The Chiefs are conceding 15.5 points a game. Um, the 49ers are conceding 80% red zone touchdown percentage. And the Chiefs, 42% red zone touchdown Percentage teams are averaging 2.2 points a drive against the 49ers compared to 1.5 against the Kansas City Chiefs. What I'm trying to say is that the Chiefs are a legitimate defense heading into the Super Bowl. You know, mm. they were a bit weak in the first half of the season, but by since week 11, this unit's really stepped up. And I think that we're all talking about can the Niner defense slow down Mahomes? I think you've got to flip it around the other way as well. Can the 49er offense be as effective? against the Chiefs' defence, because that unit is under the radar playing really well. That's a scary statistic, you know, Darren, because that means that Andy Reid now knows that Patrick has just got to keep scoring. Mate, he's needed, Patrick Mahomes has needed 16 points a game since week 11. Now he can do that with his eyes closed in one quarter. Yeah, I think they're unstoppable inside the 40. I, don't yeah. think, I think once they get into the 40, they're going to score. You may as well let them score and get the time back recoup the time so that it gives your offence the time to go and score. But, you know, we, we can't toss the 49ers to one side, Darren, because we've got to talk about what Jimmy Groppolo and Shanahan have done in his tenureship, and especially the fact that they have one of the NFL's best free safeties of all time, John Lynch, as their general manager. What a transition. Who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? It's a roster that's been put together superbly, hasn't it? Um, Unbelievable. Uh, and By it's free a free safety who who did a little bit of, of NFL broadcast commentary and then yeah. went in to be a general manager. It always baffles me. Like Ozzie Newsom at the Ravens turned the team around. He was a tight end for the Cleveland Browns for crying out loud. I know. Yeah, unbelievable. And let's not forget that he's retired now, but the legacy he left behind was this particular Baltimore Ravens roster, which looks as though it can contend for a Super Bowl for, for many years to come. Exactly. Um, it, no, I, yeah. I wonder what this is something that maybe we should try and talk to guys in the know when we get to Miami is what makes a good general manager? I don't mean their legacy with the players that they bring in and, and the regimes that they impose on the team. But when you sit down in that meeting with the owner and you say, hi, my name's John Lynch. I used to play free safety for the Denver Broncos and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think I can run your team better than anyone else. Why, John? What, what, what assets do these people have that enables them to, to, to manage a team with, with the personnel, 
with the with the schemes that they run, bringing in the coach? Do you let the coach do his own thing, or do you kind of tinker with things? Do you bring the coach in on the draft and the selections? Because some owners, Jerry Jones, <laughs> he, he very rarely allowed Jason Garrett to have an opinion on what players they needed. So I would love to know what the uh, the job interview and the application is like for a general manager, because some, as we know, absolutely stink. But some, if you get it right, you can have a long, 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 happy uh, reputation and, and legacy in the NFL. <coughs> you can indeed, Vern. And we, we, will, we will look at this in depth and, and analyse the two rosters and, and, and really delve down into this next week before we both fly off to, uh, to Miami for the Super Bowl. So we'll kind of do that then. Um, I, I, all I would say at this stage is that I think if you if you said to me now, who do you want Super Bowl 54 to be between? I would pick these two teams. You know, all, all loyalties aside to, to your own particular franchise, these are the two best teams in the NFL, aren't they? They're the best team in the NFC, the best team in the AFC, and they've proven to be over the course of the season the two best teams full stop. And I think this this, this has the makings in Miami to be a classic Super Bowl. I think it's going to be tight. I think there's going to be lots of points. I think big players will make big plays. And I think we've got the, the opportunity here to come away from this one um, saying, wow, that was special. Because the, the, the two, you, you wouldn't be surprised if either team wins it, would you? No, you wouldn't. And, and you wouldn't be disappointed, let's be honest. I mean, I'd be no. disappointed because I put 100 quid on the Chiefs when they were... When they were <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. But you know what? If somebody said to you, this will be next year's Super Bowl as well, that wouldn't surprise you. And it's been a while. You know, normally the team that loses the Super Bowl has a down year the following year, even though it seems inexplicable at the time. But I just don't see, barring injuries, how this 49er team or Chiefs team could do that because they're too good. And we had a situation before, didn't we, where... Hang on, Darren, hang on, Darren. There's someone at the door. Oh, hang there on. is. Who is it? Yeah, just bear with me one second. Hello? Hello, come back your washing machine. Oh, yeah, one second. He's come about your washing machine. He's come to he's come to fix the washing machine. Just bear with me. I'll just let him in. I tell you what, that's that, that sounds like one of those cheap films. He's not got dungarees on, has he? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not he's come, come to clean it. the pool as well, by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's come with his big tool, Darren. A very has. Yeah, crikey. I've seen this one. You weren't in it last time, but I've seen this one. <laughs> you don't want to watch this one. <laughs> Oh, he's my with, word. He's come with his big tool and he's come to fix me ball talk. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, what perfect timing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, can you remember what you were talking about, Darren? Yeah, well, just about, yeah. I've got awful visions in my mind, but I can remember. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just saying that you normally get a team that loses has a drop-off. So, the next year, the, the losing Super Bowl team drops off. We had that situation, didn't we, a while back where the Bills went to four Super Bowls in a row, didn't win any of them. But we were getting Super Bowl rematches. And I look at it now, and it wouldn't surprise me now if we're sat here this time next year and these two are playing each other again. Because I think they're both built for sustained success. They're both the elite team in their conference by, by a little way, I think. And I think if you look at the NFC, the, other, the teams in the NFC have got a lot of catching up to do with San Francisco. It might be a bit tighter in the AFC with, with Baltimore, but... I can really see an opportunity here for these two to go on a bit of a, a five-year sequence now where they get to multiple Super Bowls between them. Yeah, I just hope that these teams don't get stripped down because, you know, when lesser teams go job hunting, and uh, I think it's... Just give me one second, Darren. 
Uh, I'm just going to explain to the washing machine repairman what's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it starts. It's absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, it's as simple as that. And, and we can keep this in the podcast. I'm making a podcast at the moment, so I apologise. It's vibrating itself down. The motor's falling out. Good luck. Yeah, and it's drilled a hole in the back of it, look. <laughs> it, it's drawn the belt off. So it's been spinning without the belt. Yeah. Did you just say take your belt off? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Easy, Tiger. Uh, <laughs> if you can't condemn it, that'd be brilliant. Okay. Uh yeah, our washing machine's just gone mental, Darren. It really has. Anyway, yeah, because it, it, it frustrates me, and it, and it must frustrate owners and general managers alike, that when a lesser team goes job hunting, there's very little, uh, it seems, that they can do to retain their staff. You know, the way that... I mean, look yeah. at the New England Patriots. How many people have they lost to go on and do sometimes great things, sometimes not so good things? Um, and it must be so frustrating that the good teams have to constantly keep rebuilding their backroom staff as well, you know. So I, think, it, I think the interesting thing here, though, is that, that two head coaches are head coaches that people want to work for. Everyone can see the success of Andy Reid, yeah. who's had a, a long, long... I mean, it's 24 years between Super Bowl appearances for him, by the way, with yeah. Philadelphia and now with Kansas City. And, and, and Kyle Shanahan is the new Sean McVay, isn't he? Everybody was raving about McVay this time last year. It's Kyle Shanahan for obvious reasons this year. But they've been lucky this year in terms of the coaching searches that other teams have had. Eric Bieniemy was the hot candidate in, in Kansas City, and he's still there. And Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, is still there too. So they're at least going to get one more year out of that. I think the big concern for Kansas City upcoming is they've got to pay Patrick Mahomes. And we know that in a salary cap league, that when the rookie contract ends... And the, the, the big contract comes for the quarterback. That means you can't spend as much on the rest of the roster. So what impact that will have on the Kansas City roster remains to be seen. Um, San Francisco have managed to do that with Garoppolo and make it work. The task now for, for Andy Reid and the GM in, uh, in, uh, in Kansas City is to make sure they can pay Mahomes without it destroying the superstar nature of their roster, particularly the offensive side of things. Yeah, I, I, I uh, we haven't mentioned Tom Brady yet, so I'm going to do it. I, I kind of, whatever people think about God, uh, sorry, Tom Brady, whatever people think about him, you have to bear in mind that throughout his whole career, he's always wanted what's best for the team, it seems, on the outside. We don't know the intricacies of it all, but we know that he's got a very good relationship with Robert Kraft. And you hear rumours and stories that, listen, Tom Brady is not the highest paid and never has been the highest paid quarterback in the league. That's because I would imagine that he's on some kind of bonus structure. However, he's taken pay cuts in the past to enable the team to get better. And I think if Patrick Mahomes or any of these new young quarterbacks have any integrity when it comes to the sport, that's the route that they'll take and they'll get a bump-off pay packet when they quit. Because there's no way that... Robert Kraft and the Patriots have had Tom Brady for however long. They've won six Super Bowls with him at the quarterback position. There's no way that when he leaves, they're not going to give him a bonus for taking all these pay cuts. Do you understand I, what I'm saying? I, I do. I don't think. I don't, I'm not sure whether that's necessarily legal. I, I certainly don't think it, it's legal in NFL terms. I don't think you can do that. I, mean, I, I also think with him, I, I mean, we, we've all got short memories. We, we, we kind of look at Brady over the last five or six years, and our memory is of Brady deferring money so the Patriots can sign other people. 
I don't think he would have done that with his first big contract, though, would he, with New England? Because you don't know at that stage how long the career is going to be. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, you've got to make sure that your family and future generations are taken care of by that first contract. I think it's unlikely that Mahomes would defer money first time around. I think if he gets a five-year contract and sees it through, and he's part of a Kansas City team that goes to two or three Super Bowls during that run, I think the second contract for Mahomes is where he says, well, OK, then. Now it's about winning championships. I've banked the first contract. I'm OK. And at this stage, I can start deferring stuff so we can make sure the defence is good and I've got the necessary weapons. I think first time around, though, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't take the max money, becomes the highest paid player in the league, and then leaves it to, to the money men in Kansas City to work out how that's going to affect the cap. But I, I think it's going to be fascinating how it works. That's the problem in the NFL, isn't it? Consistency. Yeah. You know, it's very rare that we see a team like the Steelers or the Patriots who actually build a legacy and can contain and maintain a legacy. It's difficult to do. Very, very few teams did it. I thought that the Seahawks had a chance of, of getting something going. You know, they went to two Super Bowls, they beat the Broncos and they lost against the Patriots. Uh, and then they kind of teetered and dropped off a cliff, didn't they? They did. They did. Um, let, let, let's move it on quickly because I don't, don't want to give too much away with regards to the Super Bowl for next week because that's going to be a big podcast yeah. and I can't wait to sit down with you next week and get right into that, get the predictions, see what we think because I always like to look back then and see how wrong we were or how right we were and, and what we kind of picked up. So we'll do that next week. Let's throw a question at you. Who do you think has earned more money in their career or the most money in their career in NFL history. Which player? Uh, oh, it's got to be a modern era player. Most money in the history of the NFL in terms of career salary. Which player? Oh, man, that's a good question. It's got to be an offensive player. It's got to be a quarterback. I'd go Manning, Peyton Manning. Well, you, you, you've got the wrong side of the family. It's Eli Manning. Yes! Who's retired this week? Eli, Eli Manning, Manning spent the most money in the NFL in history in terms of salary. Eli Manning in his career made two hundred and fifty-two point three million dollars. Peyton Manning made two hundred and forty-eight point seven million dollars. And then on a sliding scale, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers. They're your top eight. Eli Manning's earned more money in the NFL in his career than anybody else. Sorry, Darren, he's just putting his dungarees back on. Are you OK there? I'm starting to be a bit concerned now. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. He's put his tool back in his box. Good. Uh, he's fixed the washing machine. Well, he's actually condemned the washing yeah. machine because yeah. it's knackered. Uh, but that is... Un even the guy, even the plumber, Steve, I think his name was. Uh, Steve the plumber. Went, he even went... He even said to me, he said, do they make that much money in the NFL, the American football? I said, yeah, they make an absolute fortune. So between them, they've earned half a billion dollars. Yeah, there or thereabouts. But but the reason why I raise it is obviously he's retired this week, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Eli Manning. And I think not before time, it, whether Philip Rivers joins him, Tom Brady potentially in the not too distant future. Now, he's won two Super Bowls um, and he won them in very, very dramatic fashion. But he's also got a, a fair to middling NFL career in terms of wins and losses. Um, I, he's he's going to be the big debate, Eli, isn't he, as to whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. I mean, I think personally, if you win two Super Bowls, you should be in. But that doesn't necessarily follow through um, no. as a quarterback, by the way, as well. I mean, obviously, other people have won multiple Super Bowls and aren't in. But I think if you're in the most important position, 
and your play directly leads to your team winning two Super Bowls, and bearing in mind you needed two drives later on to win the pair of them. For me, that's enough to get you into the Hall of Fame. I just wonder whether everybody else will see it that way. I, 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 I think the NFL will make a statement and they won't make him a first-year ballot entry into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but he'll get it in the end, get in, Yeah, I think he'll get in two or three years later after he's become an elig- eligible to be an entrant into the Hall of Fame. And I think that'll be the NFL saying, but he wasn't Tom Brady good. Because no. I think it's important that we remember that, yes, he was in two very, very dramatic Super Bowls. And, you know, the helmet catch is one of the most pivotal highlights of any Super Bowl highlight reel. It's always in there now. It really is. But, like you said, they were last-minute drives. And Eli Manning has been in two Super Bowls, not done much else, you know? Yeah, but, but when, when they needed him, he was there. And I think if you look at him... Yeah. When are you ultimately judged as a quarterback? You... I guess I'm contradicting myself yeah. because, you know, the, 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 the highlight of the game is to win Super Bowls. And he's done it and he did it twice. So I apologise. I'm not being disrespectful, but you don't see him as a John Elway. You don't see him as a Brady, a Montana, a Marino. You know, even Terry Bradshaw won numerous Super Bowls. And he wasn't as good, I don't think, as Eli Manning. But yet we hold him in such high reg- But what, I, what I'd say there, two players that you've just mentioned... Anywhere. Two players you've just mentioned there. Dan Marino didn't win any. John Elway's got the same number as Eli Manning. Joe Montana's always remembered for the drive against Cincinnati, the John Candy moments, etc. Well, Eli's had two of those. I think the thing with him is, I always found him a better playoff quarterback than regular season quarterback. And it's normally the other way around. You look at a guy and say, well, his numbers in the regular season are brilliant, but by the time he gets to the playoffs, he's shot it because he can't deal with the pressure. Eli Manning was better in the big moments than he was in the mundane regular season games. You know, a Monday night game in Dallas, you didn't know what you were going to get in the playoff, in, in, in the regular season from Eli. But if he had to go to the Super Bowl and stare down Tom Brady or the Patriots defence, Bill Belichick, etc., he was your man. So I, I, I think it's, it's the opposite. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's why the debate is, is a good one, because there are so many layers to it. Do you know what I've done, Darren? I've done that thing that I hate sports journalists doing. I've made my opinions based on what he's like as a person. Quite square, quite bland, quite boring, yeah. with, a, with a kind of kinky sense of humour. I don't mean it in the sexual sense. I mean, you know, sure. he's done Saturday Night Live many times and he's done all those great halftime Super Bowl commercials, you know, especially the Dirty Dancing one with OBJ. I think it was last year or the year before. But I think I've, I've portrayed him or painted this image of him because of his personality. And I hate it when sports journalists do that. Uh, so I've kind of tripped myself up, I think, because two Super Bowls, that's what the game's all about, surely. Yeah, I, I think he'll get it. I, I agree with you. I don't think he gets it first time. Depending on the class, I suppose. I mean, a lot of it's dependent on who else retires that year and who's eligible that year. But I, I think I think he might go in second or third year. I agree. But it, it's, it's, it's kind of the end of an era because... The majority of people that listen to the fumble, I mean, some of us go back slightly further, you and I being two, some people will have, will have never experienced the NFL that doesn't include a Manning as a quarterback. When you mm-hmm. think Peyton's gone and Eli's gone, mm-hmm. it's the passing of the torch. I mean, the NFL now looks completely different because for 20-odd for years, there's been a Manning as a quarterback in the league and now there isn't. Yeah. And isn't it funny how since Peyton retired, he's become... 
a stalwart for all these really funny videos, this viral yeah. content, you know. Whereas when he was playing, you think, my God, he's boring. I bet he likes a good cardigan and a game of chess on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. After the game. Yeah. Know I, mean? <laughs> I know, I agree with you. Yeah, now all of a sudden, he's, he's the funniest guy in the room. Exactly, exactly. It's interesting. Uh, all right, Darren, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction as we wind down this episode of the Fumble because we're really going to get into the Super Bowl next week. And I think it's important that... The Fumbleites allow us to savour and soak up some of the hype that's going to come out of Miami, that's going to come out of the camps uh, from Kansas City and, of course, San Francisco, because that's where you get the juice. That's where you get all the info from. And you arrive in Miami on Friday, am I right? I do, I do, yeah. I'll be off to buy a mug like Friday Sunday, tea time for you. I arrive four hours before the game, so please, 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 American uh, Customs, if you're listening, just be gentle. Please be gentle. That's all I ask. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm going to ask you a favor, Darren, before we wind it up, before we bring yes. it to a close. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a legacy. He's going to have a long tenure in the NFL. So when we get there, I'd like you to get me a Patrick Mahomes jersey, please, because I know that you like to scour and go through all the memorabilia stands that are available to the fans in Super Bowl City. And that's what I want. I want a 15 Mahomes jersey, please. I don't want a large one. I don't want an extra large one. I want a medium so that it fits so that I can wear it as day wear because we know that football jerseys are massive. Yes, that that, that would be my pleasure. That would be my pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll also make sure you've got one of those nice swans in, done with a towel on the bed, a chocolate by the pillow. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else you need? Please. I mean, what, what on yeah. earth's going on here? Anything else you need? I mean, if Tess needs the weekly shop doing, I can drive down and do it. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Super Bowl mug. I need my. No, I know that. Hey, listen. There's no way I'm, I'm not doing that. No chance. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, you'd never speak to me again. The friendship would be over. There's no way hey, I won't get we, you one of those. As we speak, Darren. As we speak. I'm pulling out the New Orleans, February the 3rd, 2013. A superb one. It's yes. gold on the inside. It's black on the outside. And it's got a picture of uh, the Mercedes-Benz Dome there in, in, in New Orleans. It's a classic. It's one of our favourites. Love it. Love it. Well, look, it's been good again this week. Um, by the time we speak again, Super Bowl fever will be gripping us. Yeah! By the way, what are you going to yes! do on Sunday? What are you going to do Sunday night? Because you can't watch the Pro Bowl. It's rubbish. But... Oh, this I'm is the first. I know this is the first Sunday for ages where you're not in there all night watching the NFL. No, Tess and I are deep into Ray Donovan box set. CV oh, brilliant, mate! We, 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 we are. Myself and Lauren have been with that right from the start. So yes. 
we're, we're right up to date. We've watched every episode. Absolutely brilliant. It's the SAS thing with Aunt Middleton for us on a Sunday now. Oh, OK. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. You I know, think I Lauren think... can see the similarities between me and some of the Special Forces guys. So I think she likes me. She likes me in the room at that point. <laughs> and then you play a game of uh, hide and seek. Put your that kind of thing, on, yeah. We have to, well, after we've watched that, somebody comes to fix the washer. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you take a damn good look at Lauren's plumbing. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Move on, Darren. Uh, one of the most fun fumbles we've done, I think, with the old it is, it is, to, it to, is. To, to, to fix my plumbing on my washing machine. He's condemned it, by the way. It's dead. Good, good. Well, that, that's good, because at least you'll have some clean gear to bring to the Super Bowl. The, the yeah, brand exactly. new washer will be in. Exactly. There you go. That means that we'll, we'll, he said we'll either get a voucher for a new one or they'll right. send me a new one. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, but hey, this is interesting. Like We're going completely off tangent, but I think you know we're all humans. He said that Samsung, Siemens... And LG, uh, sorry, Samsung and Siemens are no, no good whatsoever. He said, get yourself an LG or a Miel washing <laughs> Do they not make phones, Samsung and, Samsung and Siemens? Yeah, well, <laughs> we've, got, we've got a Samsung washing machine. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Does it ring you when it's finished? <laughs> it's 5G. No one it back in. Oh, it's crap. The, the motor fell out the bottom of it. I went to pick the motor up and it gave me 20, 240 volts. What have you been doing with it? How does the motor fall out the bottom of your washer? Oh, it never stops. We've got two girls who just love painting right. and drawing and all that kind of stuff. So they're right. constantly covered in, in stuff. How was this football kit? Luca trains three nights a week with, with the academy that he's in. And right. every every other night, Lauren's washing the, washing the, the gear. It's every night, every night. And they've only gone and given us white socks. Oh, we wear three no. nights a week. White socks, yeah. So you, you can't wash the white socks with a red top or the grey shorts. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more than one wash every time. It's a nightmare. But you know what, Darren? We wouldn't change it for the world. We wouldn't? No, Lauren loves doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell. Hashtag me too. Let's move on. Uh, right, so thank you very much for tuning in. As always, Fumbleites. Darren dropped a couple of numbers, and I know that's why a lot of you uh, like to tune into the Fumble. But listen, trust me. Super Bowl wink, 49ers versus the Chiefs. Darren will have more numbers than Albert Einstein could possibly deal with in his lifetime. Uh, we'll get on it. We'll strip it down. We'll find out. Uh, we'll, we'll ask some of our friends, fellow podcasters and people inside the NFL UK office. We'll ask them their prediction. We'll find out what people think and then we'll put it to you guys. So as always, thanks very much for listening. Darren, loved it this morning. Thoroughly enjoyed it, my friend. Get yourself off. Enjoy the new washer. Do what you're going to do. We will speak very soon. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to degrease my ball cock, and then we will move on. Uh, all right. This has been a Shooting Shark production. As always, from the fumble, we bid you farewell. <laughs> <laughs>